Welcome to Holistic History, The Fall of Celtic Britain. My name is Jim Frost and this is episode 1. This series will give a synopsis of the military history of Britain from the time it became independent of the Western Roman Empire in 410 until the death of Cadwallader, the last ruler of the central government, in 682. This first episode will outline the conditions that led to Britain's independence and continue to the reign of the ruler Vortigern with the emphasis on the domestic factions and internal conflicts. The foreign wars shall be mentioned here, but examined in more detail next episode. The Roman Empire was divided into two parts in 393 by the Emperor Theodosius I. By the early 5th century, the Western Empire was in turmoil. Germanic tribes had breached the border of defenses in 406. The imperial authorities tried to play different groups against each other, but the alliances were often unreliable. It did not help that the Emperor, Honorius, was widely unpopular. An anti-Honorius movement began in Britain and raised a rebellion in 406. But the rebels were divided as to who should lead them. Two men were chosen, one after the other, only to be killed by their own men after only a few months of power. It was not until May of 407 that they finally found a leader they could agree on. His name was Constantine. By 409, Theod Honorius had been forced to recognize Constantine as Emperor of Britain, Gaul, and Spain. But his reign was short-lived. In 410, the Visigoths invaded Gaul, and a general in Spain rebelled and tried to replace Constantine with a puppet ruler. At some point during the same year, the Britons sent a message to Honorius asking for help. This letter has not survived, but the reply sent by the emperor has. He said he had no help to give, and the Britons had to fend for themselves. This is taken as the point at which Britain became independent. The Britons needed help against two enemies. The Irish had already taken advantage of the waning Roman military power to invade. They'd conquered three colonies. They also carried out raids, taking both loot and slaves. A people called the Picts also raided out of the highlands in the north. At first, independent Britain appears to have been governed by some sort of council, but at some point, it's not clear when, this council was overthrown. According to the accepted reconstruction, Britain then divided into different kingdoms, and a king who could exert authority over at least some of his rivals was what historians call a high king. But we argued in the series on King Arthur that this reconstruction is incorrect. Building upon a theory that was first presented by John Morris, it was pointed out that the word king had a more vague meaning in this period, and that these men were actually nobles. The so-called high kings were really rulers of a central government that operated on a similar system to the Romans, with the rulers being chosen, so there was no royal family. For the sake of clarity, the so-called high kings will be called monarchs, the kings will be called nobles, and their so-called kingdoms will be called provinces. According to Gildas, in his book The Ruin and Conquest of Britain, there were several monarchs in a row who did not last very long. We have no reliable information on any of them, or even how many there were. This period of instability came to an end with the rise of Vortigern, sometime in the mid-420s. It is usually argued that Vortigern is a title, not a name, as it means supreme ruler or over-king. However, the primary sources all treated as a name. The Britons were a Celtic people, and Celtic leaders sometimes changed their names upon coming to power. The ancient Gauls were also Celts. Vercingetorix was Caesar's main enemy in Gaul. His name means over-warrior king. It is almost the same meaning as Vortigern, but it was his name. It was even stamped on his coins. So it's argued here that Vortigern was a name, not a title. Tradition depicted him as a tyrant, but that originated with Gildas, who called the monarch the Proud Tyrant. But we argued in the series on King Arthur that Gildas was a Roman bigot. 
In late antiquity, tyrant could also mean usurper. To a Roman bigot, Vortigern would have been a jumped-up native chieftain. In other words, a usurper. There is no evidence Vortigern ever did anything tyrannical or was widely regarded as a tyrant. The history of the Britons contains a passage that says that Vortigern was troubled by the Irish, Picts, and Romans who were led by Ambrosius. He would later be succeeded by a man named Ambrosius Aurelianus, but this is too early to have been him. It is generally agreed that this was his father. He is usually referred to as Ambrosius the Elder. He led his faction in the Civil War. The only information we have on this war is that Ambrosius the Elder was defeated by someone named Vitalinus at the Battle of Wallop in 437. According to tradition, he and his family fled into exile to Brittany. Now we must examine what is known of the factions and major figures of this period. Vortigern was a Romano-Briton, that is, a Briton who was influenced by the Romans. Many Britons were not, which is why Welsh is a Celtic language instead of a Romance, a romance language like French or Spanish. Archaeology has located and excavated Vortigern's palace. It was a Roman-style villa just outside the town of Roxeter in modern Shropshire. In the 5th century, this would have been part of the province of Powys, home to the large Cornoi tribe, who were noted as fierce warriors. Back in the days when Britain was still in the Roman Empire, the Romans maintained an elite unit in their army made up entirely of Cornoi. Vortigern is said to have married a woman named Servia, daughter of Magnus Maximus. Maximus was a popular leader back in the th th 380s. But given the timing, Servia was probably his granddaughter. Ancient Celts often used son of or daughter of to mean descendant of. Now, Northern Britain was under the authority of a governor known as Cole Hen, which means Cole the Old. Some people believe that he was the original of Old King Cole. However, there are several different theories about the origin of this nursery rhyme, so the identification is not certain. We have no definitive information on Cole Hen other than the fact that he was highly respected. In later centuries, several noble families proudly boasted of him as an ancestor. According to tradition, he was killed in battle fighting the Irish, probably sometime in the early 440s. Ambrosius the Elder led a faction of Romans in Britain. I believe this faction identified Britain as their home, as they had been born and raised there, but they still considered themselves to be Romans. They viewed Britons, even Romano-Britons, as inferior. They wanted to turn back the clock to the days when the Romans lorded it over the natives. There weren't very many of them, but they controlled some prime real estate and were still a force to be reckoned with. St. Germanus also deserves a mention. He was a Gaul who visited Britain twice at the behest of the Pope in order to participate in a theological debate that had spread across Western Europe, but had started in Britain. Germanus had served in the Roman army before joining the clergy. During his second visit in 428-429, a group of raiders made up of Picts and Saxons landed by ship and marched toward the town where Germanus was staying in Wales. He took command of the local militia and positioned them at one end of a, of a valley. As the raiders marched towards them, Germanus had his men shout hallelujah at the tops of their voices. The echo effect tricked the raiders into believing that they were walking into a trap and were virtually surrounded. The terrified attackers panicked and ran back to their boats and sailed away. This bloodless battle became known as the hallelujah victory. As a result, St. Germanus was to remain a popular saint in Wales for centuries to come. Vortigern hired Anglo-Saxon mercenaries to aid in the wars against these foreign enemies, as was said that the Irish controlled three colonies. Now two of these colonies bordered Vortigern's home province of Powys. In the 450s, two of these colonies were, were liberated, 
Damnonia, that is Somerset, Dorset, Devon, and Cornwall, was liberated by a man by the name of Kynan, who came from Vortigern's home province of Powys. But that was the only colony that did not border Powys. So why did Vortigern send his own people to liberate the one colony that did not border their home territory? Standard operating procedure was that whoever liberated a territory got to rule it. Gwyneth in Northern Wales was liberated at the same time by a man by the name of Conetha, a noble whose family ruled the province of Managodithin. Edinburgh was in that province, to give you a frame of reference. Conetha's family was Roman. I believe this strategic situation was the result of a political compromise. In order to maintain the political status quo, Vortigern's faction and the Roman faction each got one colony, but no colony bordered a Roman-ruled province. Whatever colony the Roman faction got would have been cut off from other provinces of the same faction. Therefore, Vortigern's faction liberated the only colony that did not border them to maintain the balance. If the traditions about King Arthur are true, then he was born in Cornwall and descended from Cynan, so he was probably in the same faction as Vortigern. To sum up, after Britain gained its independence, it established a Roman-style central government. The Britons were threatened by foreign attackers, but also divided into factions. The two most powerful were a Romano-British faction, dominated by the Cornoi tribe, but also including a Roman family, which was descended from Magnus Maximus. The other was made up exclusively of Romans. The rivalry between these two factions dominated the internal political situation. Please join us for our next episode, when we will outline what is known of the wars against the Irish, Picts, and Anglo-Saxons during Vortigern's reign. This has been Holistic History, The Fall of Celtic Britain. I am Jim Frost. Until next time, I hope you stay safe.